Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Back at full strength. We got Declan back from the vacation and then the recovery day after the vacation. I think what people wanted to know in regards to the recovery day was what time did your flight land on Monday? Oh, my flight land? You mean Sunday? I'm sorry, Sunday. Yes. My flight landed at about 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock p.m. on okay. Sunday. Because there were some questions that if your flight had landed before, like if it was like early afternoon or earlier, mm-hmm. that the day after the vacation off day is excessive. But if your flight lands toward the evening portion, sure. then then that. you then you tack on. The, so people just wanted some clarification as to when the flight landed to make sure that the day after the, the vacation off day was... All on the up. No, I get it. No. You know, and, and to be honest, in this topic and off this topic, is anyone else's mind just like blown by the idea of flight travel? Like how, how like you, I woke up on Sunday in the complete opposite end south of the state or a country, excuse me, in, in Florida. And then like seven hours later, I'm back doing my normal routine, driving a car in my own home state. Like it, it's just to me, like the idea of flight, of flying airline travel, like blows my mind every time, especially when I come home. I don't know why. Just a weird thing. You know, I I love that you brought this up because I'm in Arizona visiting my, my dad here this week, and uh, I had a thought on the flight out here. So the pilot, you're first of all, you're you're in a bird, basically, 30,000 feet above the ground, and mm-hmm. you're traveling, like Declan said, halfway across the country. These things didn't even exist 120 years ago, basically. Like, we've had millions of years of of the earth and civilization and just in the last 120 years, Oh, we've built these trustworthy things for the most part that can just take you from, you know, one place to 2000 miles away. It's great. And, and I was sitting there and this pilot was an over communicator pilot. I don't know if you guys have had these before and it was a Delta flight. So every time the pilot gets on the intercom to say Uh, something, it cuts off what you're watching. It's very annoying. So he, he literally came on like, 14 or 15 times during the flight for what for just updates you know well you're you're in a gigantic bird 30,000 feet above the ground like generally speaking I'm just saying like getting some updates wouldn't be the worst thing but we are so spoiled by it that by the time he jumped on for the eighth time to tell us that there might be some turbulence coming up people were rolling their eyes and throwing their hands up like come on I'm trying to watch Marvel movies (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and my in in flight screen that's sitting in front of me, you know, again thirty thousand feet above the ground. <laughs> you know, you know that's a problem I've got the choppy air thing because they don't say they chop. they don't say turbulence. They say chop choppy air, right? Okay, you know what? 
when we hit it, tell me. Like, buckle your seatbelts. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll know, know when you hit it. <laughs> right, right, right. No. But I'm saying, give me the instructions. I don't need to know that we might. Like, a lot of things might take place in in air travel. I don't need to know about the might. Like, so if if it hits, <laughs> tell me, put on your seatbelts. We're hitting some chop. We hit some chop. Look at the flight attendants. How the flight attendants react to turbulence is how, if they're panicking, start to panic. That That's kind of my barometer to, to the turbulence in the chop. You know what, mm. though? They they are pretty good. Like, right. I have rarely seen one get, un- unless it's a really bad one, I have rarely seen an attendant <laughs> get, oh my like, God. uptight. Oh, my God. Uptight. I will Shame say this, though. It's not supposed to my sound God. like that. When you do hit, the one thing, that, though, though, that I didn't know until I, I hit um, turbulence a few times really bad was... If something goes wrong, you, you like lose your sense of perspective really fast. Like if you hit really choppy air, and I'm not talking like just a little bouncy. I'm I'm where where it literally starts to go up up and down. You get disoriented quickly. So like like I don't think that because I used to think well if a plane crashes I mean you, you're basically thinking about this for how long before it hits the ground. I've realized you don't think about it for that long because it's so bad. That you're basically passing out. Well, that's awfully cryptic. Right. Welcome into Mackie here and Judd go. here daily. You, I, used travel, <laughs> I used to travel a lot. Well, I used to travel a lot, and I want to assure you right now: if something goes wrong, don't sweat it because you won't really think about it. So basically, yeah, you're going to die pretty quickly. Is Judd's main message here? Uh, can't wait to hop on a plane later today. Thinking about that, uh, this is daily Minnesota sports entertainment. I love Eric. <laughs> Mackie and Judd. We'll have a pecking order for you later that was requested uh, by a listener at one point. But you know, I think we're pretty proud of the list that we've been creating on Purple Daily here. Right? It's a kind of a dead period, so we figure let's do some fun lists. Let's rank Judd's top twenty-five Vikings of all time, which we are now through the first ten on Purple Daily. Last week, I ranked the top twenty current Vikings on the two thousand twenty-two roster. So what better than creating lists, reacting to lists? And Judd came up last week and said, you know, looking at your list, Phil, for the Vikings to progress as a franchise, I think there's five players that need to be on that list in 2023 and five that need to come off. And I said, wow, don't tell me now. Save it for a later show because I think this deserves to be fleshed out in front of an audience here. And uh, so lucky you guys on Mackie and Judd. Judd has brought five in and five out if we were to do that list, and we will next year, 2023 version of the top 20 current Vikings. And so the floor is yours, Judd, to present this however you wish. I know the banner says five best Vikings in 2023. That might not be a fully accurate picture that you're going to paint. It's a hard thing to describe because I'm I'm taking five guys uh, that – are on the 2022 list, and by the way, deserve to be there. So, so like, this, this is not an indictment of y- your current list. This list, in my opinion, is absolutely fine. What this is is there are five names that we'll get to. That I believe that there are five players, because this sport constantly evolves and changes, that you would prefer to see them replaced by when a year from now, Phil does the same list. Okay, so for the uh, for the visual audience here on the Score North YouTube channel, you can see my top twenty Vikings on the current roster. And uh, for the audio audience, I'll fly through this here real quick. I'll just go from top to bottom. Justin Jefferson, number one. Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook are my top five. 
Brian O'Neill, Adam Thielen, Zadarius Smith, Cam Dantzler is nine. People are bristling at that. I think he's the most underrated player on the team. Christian Derrissaw, number 10. Eric Kendricks, sort of declining last year a little bit, 11. Dalvin Tomlinson, 12. Harrison Phillips, 13. Jordan Hicks, 14. Irv Smith, 15. Patrick Peterson, K.J. Osborne, Chris Reed, D.J. Wanham, Alexander Madison round out the top 20. All right. And so... Mm-hmm. Among the players that I would like to see replaced on your list, I will start at the bottom of your list. Alexander Madison is in the last year of his contract. I think Dalvin Cook stays put. I think that Alex probably gets offers elsewhere. I think he's probably gone, and that's not a bad thing. It's just the, the fact that if he stays here, um, he's going to stay in the same role, and I think that there's going to be a team or two that probably give him at least a promise of far more of an opportunity. And I'm fine with that because the guy I want to replace him is a guy who a year ago I told you offensively could really be a fun player in the Kansas City-style offense, and now I think he's going to get that opportunity. Kane Wongwu, I think he should be 20 next year. Okay. Um, He can return kicks. I, I mean, hell, the, the guy returned two kicks in 2021 for touchdowns. That's unheard of now. He also, though, has the ability where if you don't just say, well, he's our backup, he's our backup running back, so let's run him between the guards. If you say, you know what, no, let's come up with a package of plays. This guy has great speed. He's a great athlete. I think it's very plausible that Madison is gone and Kane Wongwu replaces him, not just as like a backup back, okay, he's going to be the backup back now, but as a player who brings a skill set that a guy like Kevin O'Connell can you can utilize very successfully to create problems for defenses. And so to, to be clear, for this swap to happen, Wang Wu would have to have a role this season. He would have to do something this season Correct. You know, offensively and special teams to make you feel like, oh, okay, he's actually right. the weapon behind Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison has fallen out of... I don't know. I don't think he's. I don't think Alex Madison's just going to not see carries, but Wang Wu will have to elevate above him as a weapon. Is kind of what you're saying. Wang Wu in the correct offense, I believe, has the ability in this era of professional football to have a package of plays that most guys probably don't get. The fact that the Vikings put Wang Wu as the third back in games and ran him between the guards, why? What are you doing? And he wasn't great at that in college, right? It wasn't like a bell cow. Yeah. It's not his forte. His forte is going to be as a guy who you come up with, let's say, five or six plays for, and he's explosive, which I think if O'Connell doesn't find a way to use him, I'll be very surprised because I think O'Connell's in place to do things exactly like that, which, which is what, you know, we did not see, unfortunately, from the Zim and probably more appropriately Clint Kubiak offense. So, okay, right. Kane Wongwu moves in. Alexander Madison moves out in a year. Okay. 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 All right. This one won't surprise you. The next one, and I think it's a very fair switch. And I do think that there is still going to be, I think there's a process here at right guard where I don't know that the starting right guard in 2023 is on this team. So Chris Reed, who you've got at 18, comes out. Ezra Cleveland, who is going to be the starting 
left guard, and who I think has proven himself to be uh, solid but not spectacular, Ezra Cleveland takes another step and replaces Chris Reed. Okay, I thought you were going Ingram here. I feel like this is a a twist here. No, no, because you said it yourself, and you're right, Phil. Ingram, I can't guarantee you he's going to play enough right now. So, like, that would be nice, but we don't know if he's going to play. I will say this. In the uh, springtime camps that were just completed, he didn't really have a role yet too much. So... I think Ingram might be a guy who moves into far more of a role next year, but I don't know that he would make the list at that time. He certainly could and probably should for 2024. But I think Cleveland is going to prove himself in this structure to be to be good. And right now I think he's solid and like he's not bad, but I think we're going to be able to remove the butt from Cleveland's um, scouting report in a year. Pun intended you know, the, there. Pun in, yeah. But, but, you know, but, I mean, but, can he do this? Can he do that? I think that's going to come out. No pun intended. This is just straight football X's and O's. Ezra Cleveland, 18. Okay. All right, so, uh, so, so far, Wangwu in, Cleveland in for next year. Madison and Reed out. Are Madison and Reed off the roster? Madison is because he signs elsewhere. Agreed. Reed, I can't, Reed, I don't know. Or like, maybe Reed is the starting center. Maybe Reed is. Yeah. Maybe he's back in. Maybe he's back in reckless, as the starting center. Reckless speculation meets X's and O's. My God, meets listicles. Oh my I love God, it. oh my God, meets reactions to I listicles. I can't do all this. I can't do it all. Oh my, I'm too old for this. My heart can't take it. All right, that's two guys. Third guy. At number 16, you have Patrick Peterson, who I think will be gone. Uh, 2023, his contract exists with the Vikings for 23, but it's a void year. I think he's gone. Now, this one this one gets a little bit dicey because I don't know how, how much this guy is going to play in uh, 2022, but he is a second-round pick, and I think that there is a feeling that health provided he's going to step into a starting role probably in a year. Andrew Booth. So he he didn't take part in the spring camps um, because I think he had a late season surgery after college or during the course of the college season. And he's definitely a guy who, according to what we read post-draft, would have been drafted higher except for he, he was hurt. I think Peterson is going to fulfill a role of being a stabilizer both on and off the field. But at his age, I don't see him being around for a long time. Mm -hmm. I think I think it's necessary, and this might be a bit of a reach, but I think it's necessary for the advancement of this team that Peterson comes off in a year. Andrew Booth goes on. Yeah, you can't. I mean, the Vikings' defense is is I feel like is half composed of guys over the age of thirty, right? So at some point, a, a guy or two has to come off, and young players have to step in. So I don't think this will be. You know, uh, an unceremonious dumping of Patrick Peterson. I think it'll be, hey, thanks for a couple great years. We got some young guys here that are ready to step in for less money, and uh, we wish you the best in your future endeavors. Maybe he'll just retire and do media because he's going to be great at media at some point. Maybe he'll join the Vikings Entertainment Network. I don't. I don't know. I would but. advise him not to do that. <laughs> There's money elsewhere. <laughs> where you could actually rip people and be honest about it. I mean, these teams, maybe these teams are going to start oh, right. forking over huge contracts to yeah. to former players. You never know. All right, so we got uh, we got Wangwu Cleveland Booth in. Two more to go. All right, two more to go. At 14 on your list. I'll throw you this had... back up here real quick. 
Here we go. You had newcomer linebacker, former Arizona Cardinal Jordan Hicks. Um, he signed a two-year contract, but there is a definite out after 2022, all right? Jordan Hicks comes off this list, and going on is a guy drafted in the third round of 2021 as a defensive end from Pittsburgh, but he is now in the 3-4 scheme the Vikings are going to use, listed as an OLB, Patrick Jones II. Interesting. My understanding is from day one, behind the scenes, this guy has impressed. I think in a defense that allows him to showcase his athletic skills, which this should uh, this is the type of kid, I think, who can take a major step. Again, I think he was fell victim to a large degree last year of the reluctance to play the draft class. Uh, he played a little bit, but I think he plays more. Hicks, again, I think is a stabilizing guy. And these guys are important. Like It's important that the Vikings have a veteran presence of guys that can help in the room as well as on the field, right? But as things begin to change and morph a bit, I think you're going to look to get athletic and younger, and Patrick Jones the second brings that. I think that he plays way more in 2022 and actually plays his way onto this list as an outside linebacker for 2023. I find it really hard to believe, and I know that Rick Spielman lost his job for a reason. It wasn't like he was batting a 1,000 on first-round picks, certainly. But I find it really hard to believe that he just completely botched and sabotaged that draft class. It was a disconnect between him and the coaching staff. And Mike Zimmer just didn't want to... You know, Mike Zimmer was coaching for his job. And was like, sorry, I'm not going to pay attention to Kellen Mond. I'm sorry, I'm not going to use the trinket special teams player. We're, we're, we, we got Dalvin Cook. I, I don't want to do this. right? So there's got to be some talent in that draft class two or three guys that just haven't had a chance to show it yet. And yep. maybe Patrick Jones is one of them. We've talked about Wyatt Davis enough, but doesn't seem like the new coaching staff sees a lot in him either. He's not even getting runs with the, the second teamers, and they drafted Ingram when they already had Wyatt Davis as an option. So, yeah, there's got to be a couple guys in that draft class that can do something for this team. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if going into 2023, Kellen Mond is gone. I wouldn't be surprised if going into 2023, Wyatt Davis is gone. Patrick mm. Jones, I think. Is going to stick. So uh, we've got we've got Wang Wu, Cleveland Booth, Patrick Jones, and before we get to your last one in reacting to my list. That's right. This is very a very meta episode of Mackie and Judd here. Um, this uh, this reaction to a list is presented in part by our friends at Aquaside, Declan, reacting to Lakeside Weeds. That's right. Uh, you know, Fourth of July is coming up. One of the best uh, times of the year to get out on the boat and then, you know, and enjoy the pontoon weather. And you're going to put your toes in the sand. It's 100 degrees in, in the Twin Cities right now. We're fine warming up. You can jump in that lake. And the last thing you want to do is jump in that lake and feel that lakey murk, that, that lakey awk, awk, awkward, you know, weed and algae at the bottom of your feet. It's the last thing you want to feel, right? Ugh. No, not, not a top 25 list of weed and algae. But I can tell you right now. <laughs> the top 25 things you don't want to feel with your bare feet when weed you put your legs in the lake. It's there. <laughs> And Aquaside can help you out. A dead body, weed and algae. It's up there. It's all up there. Uh, they have the Aquaside pills, which can kill all that uh, all that products off. Uh, they're safe products. They're registered with the EPA and DNR. Shipping is free, too. Uh, check them out, Aquaside.com, or stop in at White, in White Bear Lake. Aquaside.com to learn more. Also, did you guys know we have a professional American Ultimate Disc League team in the state of Minnesota? And uh, you can get, so there's a there's a game coming up this Saturday, June 25th, 6 p.m. at Seafoam Stadium in St. Paul. 
$12 adult tickets, $5 youth, and kids 10 and under get in free. Uh, use the promo code SCORE to get a free upgrade to the Surly Beer Garden and two free beers. And all adults 21 plus attending the game will receive a coupon for a free beer at Surly after the game that night as part of the official bar. So uh, promo code SCORE will get you a free upgrade to the Surly Beer Garden, two free beers, at the uh, the Windchill game this Saturday. Details at windchillultimate.com. Windchillultimate.com. That's my club now. Th- does Judd, Judd, are you more of a uh, of a forearm? When you when you throw a frisbee, are you going overhand? Which one which one are you rocking with? Oh, I probably go more forearm. This is where some of I my, haven't thrown a frisbee in ages. Some of my ambidextrousness can come in cuz like when I'm throwing if I'm like playing disc golf, like I will flick with my right, but if I'm going overhand, I'll go with my left. I I, I have no idea why. I am terrible at throwing frisbees, mm, so yeah. maybe someone can teach me mm. a new style. But I am, I am it's one so. of the the worst athletic things I can possibly embark really? in. Really? Almost as bad as judge shooting basketballs. I yeah. was going to say, that's impressive. Really ping, bad. ping pong really for bad. me. Ping pong. Horrible ping pong player. Can't play ping pong. Yeah, that's tough. And All right, who, who's the number one player that needs to be All on right. this top 20 list next year? Okay, the guy coming off, this is going to be, again, highly controversial because when Zolgad does lists, he likes controversy. The guy going on will not be, but I think it's going to make sense, all right? Coming off this list is a man that caused a lot of fear towards Phil. But I did did not disagree with where this guy was ranked, and I do think that there is a chance that he won't be back next season, and that is at number 11, Eric Hendricks, all right? Mm-hmm. Let me give you the specifics before I give you the replacement name. Eric Kendricks, the dead money on the cap if he is let go after the season is only $1.9 million. It's not that much. And and look, there's a fighting chance as much as you love him. Oh, man, he's a great player. Yeah, yeah, he's been great. But there's a fighting chance he's just declining. Like he plays a position at which you can get your ass beat up to the point where you just decline. And it's not like an affront to your career. It is just, it's a physical position. You make a ton of tackles. The body wears down. And going into his place is a guy who plays a position at which I believe um, that we are going to become convinced the positions are interchangeable. So a linebacker, I'm replacing him with first-round pick 2022 safety, Lewis Seen. I think Lewis Seen, again, I think we're going to see some three safety packages. If you watch Seen play, he plays like a linebacker plays. He likes to blow people up, which is great fun. It is probably going to earn him a few flags. But when you look at the savings and the dead cap implications, which aren't big on Kendricks, and realize that Scene's role is going to grow, I think there's a very good chance Eric Kendricks is not back in 2023, and and Scene needs to be on this list. It makes sense for me to actually put him fairly high. I think he's going to be a very, very key player for this team well, I, I think he's going to play a key role this year, but I think he's going to become a very key part starting next season. Super interesting. Yeah, I think in, in general, guys getting older, so the, the Kendricks, the Petersons, the, the Hicks, it's always, it's always kind of hard, especially for fans. You see these players who were once incredible, and, but they, all, they always hit the same age cliff at some point, and you've got to make tough decisions, and contracts are bloated. I think my biggest question would be, if Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks are coming off the roster, who are your inside linebackers in 2023? 
because you, I mean, those those are like your those are your big time right. tackling inside linebackers right. in this three four scheme, uh, and there's no like, obvious choice to replace them on the roster right now. Developing new talent, cultivating it, and I am I. You guys are going to be amazed at how small the majority of of linebackers this team is now adding are, and how big the safeties look. I'm telling you, we need to change our thought process largely on what defenses look like. Positionless football is here, and I'm here for it. Oh, Positionless yes. football. Jet Don't you right guys here. laugh. Positionless football is here. And you know what? The uh, backboard linebacker with the big shoulder pads who comes up and stuffs the run, that guy's going away. Brian Cox, that's right. He's <laughs> got an ironing board going up the back of his Scotty jersey. Scotty well, I loved you, but <laughs> you're going away. <laughs> Anyway, neck roll, Scotty Studwell. So there it is. Those are uh, five in and five out. If Judd gets his way on the uh, 2023 top 20 current Vikings list, this is a show all about ranking things today. Because also on Tuesdays, it's our Tuesday pecking order on Mackie and Judd, where uh, we rank random things, sometimes applicable to sports, sometimes not. And we had a couple listeners ask us off of I don't know some conversation last week about like journeyman reclamation project twins pitchers you know like the like the uh, dylan bundys of the world that we should rank the top however many twins starting pitcher reclamation projects over the years so i bring to you that exact pecking order today gentlemen uh i'll have you know i have six honorable mentions and then i have a top (laughs) 10 list and I might be forgetting some. So I literally am staring at 16 reclamation starting pitching projects oh for the Twins over the years. And just for clarity here, the rankings are not based on their success. These are just my favorites. Okay. So okay. my 10 favorite Twins starting pitching reclamation projects. And I'll wait for the honorable mentions till the end because I don't want to spoil anything here. Okay, I want to maintain some suspense through this list. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Okay, let's fire that music back up, and we'll start at number 10. A man who signed with the Twins at age 34, seven years removed from his peak. I have calculated how old all of these guys were and how many years they are removed from their peak season in Major League Baseball. Okay, He signed in 2020. Some of these were, were you know, when, they, when these guys signed, you say, okay, uh, I can see that. Others were, why are they doing this? This makes no sense. Uh, Homer Bailey was definitely in the second category. (laughs) He had been one of the worst starting pitchers in all of baseball for the previous five seasons. There was nothing left in the tank, and he hasn't pitched in the major leagues since the two outings he had and got hurt in the pandemic season of 2020. So Homer Bailey, a once highly touted top prospect, number 10 on the twin starting pitching reclamation list. Homer Bailey. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was a really quick one too. He he got hurt. I think he won his first start. Yeah, he did. And he might have he might have tweaked something during that start. <laughs> then he made and, another start or something. And then he made one more start. I think he went on the IL, made one more start, <laughs> and they're like, okay, we're probably good because you can't. You basically get hurt every time. You Ninety-eight million dollars in career earnings for Homer Bailey. <laughs> he got paid by the Reds, and then even the Twins. Dude. Oh, yeah, the Dodgers bought him out a ton. The Dodgers literally gave him, I think, $22.5 million to not play for them. But, yeah, he, he, he made $98 million in his career. Go sit on your couch and watch Netflix while we pay you millions of dollars. Oh, That's yes, the Dodgers. They had, at one point, I think the Dodgers had like a 
this is a few years ago, a 250 some million dollar payroll and a hundred million dollars were guys they were just paying to not come to the ballpark. Carl <laughs> just, Crawford, right? Crawford was the biggest chunk. He was like 25 million. Yeah. Kemp. Yeah, it just, something. Carl just, yeah, Matt Kemp, Carl, just please stay away. We're, we're building something <laughs> here. We'll give you $20 million to just not come to the stadium. Oh, so Homer God. Bailey is number 10. Yep. Now I tried to represent because I became a regular viewer of Twins Baseball in the early 90s. And so I really grew up watching those mid-90s crappy Twins teams, mid-late 90s. And so I wanted some representation, not just of like the past 10 or 15 years, but I really... This Terry Ryan trend of signing pitchers that were multiple years past their peak did not start with, you know, 2007. It goes back a decade before that. And one of those guys was Mike Morgan, who's number nine on my list. Judd for sure remembers Mike Morgan. He signed with the Twins in 1998 at the age of 38, seven years removed from his peak with the Dodgers when he was an all-star in 1991, and 20 years after his Major League debut in 1978. Mike Morgan was then traded to the Cubs like halfway through the season. The the Cubs Cubs made the playoffs that year with Mike Morgan. I don't know. He was like a depth starter or something. But um, Mike Morgan at age 38, almost a decade removed from his peak, Twins took a flyer on him to fix that crappy pitching staff in 1998. Incredible. Oh, my God. That is, yes. I I remember his starts. As I recall, he, he had gained a bunch of weight, too. And like it was just he was just sort of this blob on the mound at the time, like like not super fat, but like his butt was Great real word. big. His what? butt had gotten big. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was getting old. I don't He's almost him. forty years old. It's yeah, crazy. I don't, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying he had gained some poundage. All right. So Mike Morgan is number nine. Okay, number eight on my list. A man that I covered as a Twins beat writer in 2012. He signed at the age of 33, only three years removed from his peak, which was, I believe, an all-star season in Colorado. He was exclusively a National League pitcher. Jason Marquis. Come on down. Oh, God. You know it's a bad signing when the manager is already complaining to the media in, like, your third spring training start how long you take between pitches. It's like, we got guys falling asleep out there. Okay, time to pick up the pace. We don't need 45 seconds between every pitch, shaking off every sign, Jason. You're just did, avoiding the inevitable, which is a, a line drive to the gap in left center. Get it over with quickly. <laughs> didn't he show up late for spring training, too, because his like son got in a he, bicycle he, accident, and then his whole yeah. season was just thrown off? He yeah. did have a, a major family issue, yes. Uh, but in the, in the years leading up, so he had a... He had a pretty decent season with the Rockies, but even in and around that, he had an ERA of five in the National League over the previous five years leading up to him signing with an American League team in the Twins. Made seven starts with the Twins, ERA of 8.47. And then they said goodbye. I think he went to the Padres. He did, and he pitched really biggest, well. Biggest park in the league, yeah. <laughs> yes. Pretty damn good. So uh, so Jason Marquis, number eight this on this back order. Okay. All right, number seven. We're going back to the mid-1990s here. I think Judd knows who this one's going to be. He signed with the Twins in 1997 at the age of 36, five years removed from his peak in St. Louis, where he was oh. third in Cy Young voting one year, Bob Tewksbury. Oh, I love Tewksbury, man. He <laughs> Just was a soft tossing. Oh, but he was crafty as hell. <laughs> oh, he was great. I once saw um, in 92, I think it was 92, it was Greg Maddox near the end of his first run with the Cubs. He faced Tewksbury at Wrigley 
I'm not joking, you guys. One fifty-eight. One hour and fifty-eight <laughs> minutes. Both, I mean, both great at the time. Greg was fantastic, and they're just yep, they're just working quick, getting the ball, throwing the ball. One fifty-eight in Chicago. Just not even stepping off the rubber at all. Just dude, ball, I'm not gonna. Ball, I was ball. so happy. I'm like, let's go to the bar. And, you know, in fairness, Bob Tewksbury wasn't a total train wreck. I mean, that was like the steroid era of offense, and the Twins had no pitching at the time. They were just they could, they just couldn't find any young starting pitchers to step up. And so he came in, and he was you know he pitched for two years, ate up a bunch of innings, and kind of rode out the the back end of his career. But Bob Tewksbury. <laughs> Old wily veteran, number and seven. Was this Bob's last stop? I don't think so, actually. <laughs> I'm gonna going. I'm gonna confirm that for you real it's quick. It's okay, you don't have to, but No, I really want he to. He just kept he kept going. It's funny. He's Fifty years old. Hey everybody, Bob Duke's Bob. So he was uh let's see here. No, it was. It was his final stop. All right. He bounced around. He was with St. Louis for a year. He's actually with the Cubs in the late eighties. As a as a younger player, he was with St. Louis for six years, and then the Rangers in '95, just getting shelled. <laughs> the Padres in '96, he was okay in '96, but uh, Bobby Tewksbury. Okay, uh, number six, Chris Archer. Okay. I'm a huge Chris Archer stand, and he's actually been, I think, just fine for the Twins this season. They have not really tested whether he can drive more than 45 miles an hour. They kind of just hook him after four innings every start. But uh, he signed. He signed at age thirty-three, five years removed from his peak, which fits him perfectly into this reclamation project list. Injuries, ineffectiveness, coming over from the National League with the Pirates as last stop, and uh, he, so he fits right in this bin. And he's been pretty pretty effective. Mm-hmm. They say he's still working up his lather, basically. <laughs> right? That's gonna. You know, we're sitting here. It's almost three months of the season. We're in the middle of summer. Why doesn't he pitch more than four innings? Why well, he's still. He's still building that arm, which, all right, it's cool. We'll see if we he, can maybe get him to six innings at some point, but he's been okay. In his defense, he is probably giving you exactly what we should have expected. Yeah. It's just that back in the day we thought, get Chris Archer, he'll be your ace. And now it's like, okay, Chris Archer is an aging guy who, if he gives you four or five, you're probably happy about it. Yeah, he's like a kind of a handcuffed starter. Right? You, you need, yep. you need yeah. someone else to go three innings or something or at least five bullpen arms. But, yeah, I mean, he has a 3.44 earned run average, which is above above average in uh, the majors. But I don't know how sustainable it is. doesn't feel like he's throwing the same stuff he was five years ago. So, okay, we've reached the halfway point of this list. we got uh, Homer Bailey, Mike Morgan, Jason Marquis, Bob Tewksbury, and Chris Archer. So uh, at halftime of this list, let's talk about one of our favorite golf courses in the state of Minnesota, Declan, the Meadows at Mystic. That's right. A lot of these reclamation products uh, probably have some time for golf. I know Homer Bailey does. He's getting paid oh, by the Dodgers and Bob the Twins. Tewksbury. Bob Tewksbury. Bob Tewksbury probably plays oh. 36 a day, right? You know, if, uh, just, uh, just a bump and run for old Tewksbury right there at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. <laughs> no problem. Up and down, baby. Up and down. Uh, Tewksbury or anyone else can book a tee time at golfthemeadows.com at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Also, you can book a lesson there. They have a full service uh, golf shop uh, and an apparel shop there. They have a great metals bar and grill. If you'd like to book a lesson or book a tea time, it's golfthemeadows.com, the Meadows at Mystic Lake, golfthemeadows.com to learn more. 
All right. If you're looking to prevent runs or uh, prevent bad things from happening to your business, Federated is here with over 100 years of experience, frontline protection, and risk management tools and resources for your business. You can find a full list of industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com. They've been a huge supporter of us at Score North, Mackie and Judd, and Purple Daily. So, you know, you can support us by supporting your own business, working with Federated Insurance, federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Okay, the top five Twins starting pitcher reclamation projects, my favorites. Number five, The Gambler, Kenny Rogers. Oh, God. That's oh, right. Man. He signed in 2003 at the age of 38, eight years removed from his peak. But pretty good the year, in fairness, he was pretty good the year before uh, in Texas. So he kind of, his reclamation kind of started at age 37 the year before. And the twins were like, oh, he's the gambler's back. Let's get him, baby. Uh, he made 31 starts for a division winning twins team yeah. in 2003. He was one of the horses of that rotation and, you know, wasn't amazing, but he held his own on a division winning yeah. team, the gambler. Yes. Yeah. Got to know when to hold him. Oh, God. He almost, yeah, won. no, he was. Sorry, Dexter. I was going to say, he almost won a Cy Young like four years later in his age 41 season with Detroit. He was did he? Yes, that's all. That's right. That's he was right. unbelievable for a Tigers team that went to the World Series out of the complete blue. Um, and he was also a favorite of mine on MVP Baseball 2004. <laughs> one of one of my fa- maybe the goat of all baseball video game franchise, even better than the show MVP Baseball. Uh, I, I used to go seven eight innings, no problem with Kenny Rogers on the mound, no problem. Dude, Kenny Rogers. Okay, so. Th- the Twins had him in 2003. Then he was a three-time All-Star the next three years, twice with Texas. He went back to Texas for a third stint. And then uh, once Declan said, yeah, 2006 with the Tigers. I think the Tigers went to the World Series that year. <laughs> so, wow. Amazing, man. The Gambler. The Gambler. Wheeling and dealing. Okay, number four. A guy who never actually pitched a game with the Twins. And one of the guys that they were right about but didn't have the cojones to keep him on the roster. Oh. Anibal Sanchez, oh, yeah. who signed in 2018 at the age of 34, five years removed from his peak. Yep. Really good in spring training. You know, everyone's kind of like, oh, you're bringing this guy in for. He's been terrible. They saw something, and then they didn't trust their instincts, and he went to the Braves after the Twins got rid of him, and he had one of the best seasons of his career. So they were onto something, but in the end, they didn't pull the trigger. And they, they actually made a spring training trade for Odorizzi, correct? And then decided that Sanchez could go because of that. I think that's why they released yeah. him. Yeah, it was a chain of events. But yeah, they, point, yeah, they were exactly right. Like, that's one of the few ones that they just hit on. And they're like, yeah, we're good. Peace out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We're into the top three here, boys. We're going back to the 2004 Minnesota Twins, who signed a oh. 41-year-old Terry Mulholland yes. in all of his mulleted yes. glory. Terry. So Terry Mulholland was 11 years removed from his peak when the Twins signed him. Now, they signed him, in fairness, to be mostly a reliever at that point, right. but he did make 15 starts for the 2004 Twins, and so he does qualify for this list. The craftiest of crafty lefties, Terry Mulholland, was fairly effective, just kind of a mop-up guy, you know, eating innings as they needed him to, 41 years old. Played for San Francisco and Philadelphia before that, right? Among well, teams. I think he played for everybody he played before for that. He played for the Cubs, the right? End. By the he, end, but he, he beat every team when he got to the Twins too. I forget which team it was, but he was one of the few players that has beaten all thirty major league baseball teams. Okay, with a win. 
That's I just saw a, a recent picture of him. He has the full, long, gray hippie hair too. and a big beard. Yeah, he looks great. <laughs> Dude, he pitched for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 Major League teams. 11 it's, Major League teams. It's incredible, too, because the Twins got good and continued this pattern. Like, when they were bad, I was used to it, right? Okay, they're bringing in another slappy. And, and, but they actually got good and sort of perfected it for a while. <laughs> I know, I know. We're going to bring in Terry Mulholland. What? You're going to bring in who? Yeah, Terry, Terry Mulholland. Mulholland. In 2005. He made 49 relief appearances for the Twins in 2005. He struck out 2.7 batters per nine innings. <laughs> just but just throwing underhand. Crafty. crafty. So crafty. Baby. So Love crafty. the craftiness. He was a pitcher, not a thrower, Phil. <laughs> Something like that, yes. Uh, all right, that brings us to number two on this Twins starting pitcher reclamation pecking order. <laughs> this man signed in 2007 at the age of 30, but looked like he was 50, four years removed from his peak, coming off back-to-back seasons with ERAs over six, and the Twins said, mm-hmm, we're coming off a 96-win season. We have an MVP a future MVP, a batting champion. We have Torrey Hunter, Michael Kadire. We have Johan Santana, and we just need Sidney Ponson to push it all over the edge. And that's who they brought in. Predictably, he was a, di- a disaster in seven starts, and then they released him. And um, I don't remember if he ever pitched again. I think he did, actually. I think he stuck around for a little while. But uh, Sidney Ponson, who... All right. Oftentimes had some substances in the hair, too, oh, that were a little hair. questionable. You'd always, like, run his fingers with that curly hair. Yep. Hey, some... guys were cheating, right? Steroids and stuff? <laughs> Sydney had to take matters into his own hands. It wasn't working very well for old, old Sydney, but that was another one, too. It's like the Twins. So 2007, right? They're coming off division championships in 02, 03, 04, 06. It's, guys, you got, this is one of the best rosters you've had in the history of Twins baseball. Well, how, how are you going to add to it, right? We're bringing Sidney Ponson is how we're going to add to it. And he, he bounced to the Rangers in 2008, the Yankees in 2008, and finally oh, finished God. off as a very fittingly Kansas City Royal in 2009. Why was he with the Yankees the next year? What, like, what did the, what did the Yankees about, need him for? We'll get some spot starts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Amazing. And that brings us to the number one guy on this list. My favorite twin starting pitcher reclamation project. He signed in 2008 at the age of allegedly 33 years old. (laughs) Levon Hernandez. So he was coming off a couple really rough seasons in the National League when he signed. He was like a World Series hero 10 years before that, right, with the Marlins. Uh, He was only three years removed from his peak, and he was pretty effective for the first six or seven weeks of the season. And then things took a dip. He posted an ERA of seven between June and July. It was eventually, I think he, I think they traded him. I'm pretty sure they found a trade partner, like the Rockies or somebody, uh, for old Levon. But he is my favorite Twins starting pitcher reclamation project. So Levon Hernandez, wow. Sidney Ponson, Terry Mulholland, Anibal Sanchez, Kenny Rogers, the gambler, Chris Archer, Bob Tewksbury, Jason Marquis, Mike Morgan, Homer Bailey is the list this. of ten. I love this list. <laughs> I love this list. It's for um, the most part a great spectacular disaster, but it's so much fun to go back and look at guys who they're like, yeah, you know what? Let's just sign them, see what happens. Yeah, take a chance. So uh, there's, I have six honorable mentions on here too that didn't make the list. One of them, I don't know if so. Mike Pelfrey's on here. I don't know if he was a reclamation project because he was still pretty young. Like he was 
I think going into his first free agency or something, and he was a Mets prospect. Uh, he was just bad. I don't yeah, know that he was a rec- like a reclamation guy. He just was a I bad pitcher that they signed. So Kevin Correa is on here. <laughs> yep, I knew that. Uh, was on Ramon there. Ortiz. Oh yeah, from Former the mid two thousands somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah, won a World Series. Yeah, Dylan Bundy, J A Happ, and Matt Shoemaker also. Shoe. Honorable mentions on this list, Love and I, so that's sixteen guys, including the ten. No Rich Hill. Oh, I forgot about Rich Hill. Rich, Rich Hill's got. I, I knew I was. I knew I was going to forget about somebody. The grunter, yeah. the swearer, the best, but- the greatest. The the greatest thing was to have Rich Hill pitching for your team in the year of the pandemic with no fans, where every <laughs> f bomb echoed yes. throughout that entire <laughs> stadium. <laughs> Declan and I would sit there and be like, <laughs> "Mother, yeah." <laughs> you stupid! Ah. <laughs> totally forgot about Richo. So that gives us seventeen guys on this. Well, let's bump Mike Pelfrey on the honorable mentions. But Richo, am I forgetting anybody else? <sighs> I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. I, mean, I want to remember them. There's like, got to be there. Well, like a, like Joel oh, Zumaya. Yeah. You know, then he uh, yeah. blew out his elbow. He's a reliever. There's a lot of relievers. The twins. On this list, did the twins bring sure. in? Yeah. I don't know if he made yeah. the roster, but did, what, did Joba Chamberlain have a cup of coffee in spring training with the twins? Did Joba? Uh, not that I remember. I don't know. Well, let's I'm see. That sort of rings a bell. Let's see here. Joba so. Chamberlain twins. Uh, I thought I'd remember that. No, it doesn't. Was, it doesn't appear he did. Uh, I'm thinking of someone. Uh, there is an article here from 2016, right before the winter meetings. Joba Chamberlain, a target for the Twins. They met with his agent, Casey oh. Close, also Michael Kadir's okay. agent, okay. to discuss Jabba Chamberlain and several other clients. Jabba. So, you know what? Jabba time. I'm going to click on this. Hold on a second. The tease for this is, again, the Twins reportedly met with Casey Close to discuss Jabba Chamberlain and several of his other clients. I'm going to click on this link. I'm going to guess this is a doogie scoop that's yes. being aggregated on ESPN. Let me see. I bet it is. Oh, I got. I oh, Mike Berardino. That's a Mike um, Berardino scoop. Okay. The Oakland A's pitcher who did him, Rich Harden. Rich Harden, yes. That's another one. Absolutely. Does Tommy Malone count? No. Yeah. He was just like a soft tossing guy. But Rich yeah. Harden, 100% counts. Rich he Harden count, counts. Yeah. Rich Harden was nasty. With Rich the Cubs. Been with, <laughs> and the yeah. athletics. Not with the Twins. <laughs> Not with the Twins. Yeah, what, nope. what year did he sign with the Twins here? Yeah, he absolutely counts. So he signed, here we go, 2012, he signed as a free agent in the winter. God, I covered that team too. So I, I do remember him in the clubhouse in spring training. <laughs> it's amazing. Just happy to be but there. But he, he never actually made the team. I don't think. Yeah, he never made a start for the Twins, right? Yeah, 2011 was his last year in the majors. So, mm. what a list! That is a yes. What a franchise! Fantastic. What a franchise! And, and that do, and that does not include the slappies that they picked up who, who weren't like fried. Nolasco, mm-hmm. um, the Vanimal, Irvin Santana. Yeah, these weren't reclamation yeah. projects. These were like I mean, Ricky Nolasco was actually coming off a couple semi decent exactly. seasons in the National League. Yeah, but. Just a complete pain in the ass. So there it is. All, All right, right. What well, is uh, what's uh, yeah, for the audience out there? Yeah. Well, how would you rank these guys, uh, Twins fans out there? Let us know like in the YouTube Phil. comment section. <laughs> They'd like to forget that entire list. Uh, all right, that is a wrap on Mackie and Judd. Write that down Wednesday, tomorrow, in an accountability session, and we continue to count down Judd's top twenty-five Vikings of all time this week 
on Purple Daily. See you guys tomorrow. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.